Hey everyone, and welcome to the Inside Out Group podcast, where we talk about organizational leadership, systems, marketing, and more for your church or organization. Our goal is to help you redefine your culture from the inside out. Today, we want to talk about developing a ministry budget. Today, you have your hosts, Nathan Westfall and Michael Moore. Howdy. Yes. <laughs> all right. All good. So let's just dive straight into this topic. It's the end of the year. It's halfway through December. Uh, why is it important to budget out the year? I would say why is it important? Why is it important not to? Uh, totally, I'm butchering that. Yeah, so let me just yeah, answer the question. I'm yeah. trying to be all. So let me ask the question again. Why is it important? To budget out the year. Now answer. Because you're foolish if you don't. There, there you go. go. That's what you're looking so, for. So no, I think that especially I think it's good for us to talk about this, especially at the end of the year. Every uh, almost every nonprofit church organization or ministry out there is finalizing if they have not already finalized their budget for two thousand nineteen. And I think a lot of times people get hung up of what is important, what's not important going into the next year. Uh, do we fund this ministry? Do we not fund this ministry? Well, what about this outreach and so forth? And so I think a lot of times I know for myself, I did not even know how to develop a budget whenever I first started. And so I would still budget templates um, offline um, or ask different pastors and kind of get their budget. And usually the pastors we dealt with at the time had a much larger budget than we did. Yep. And so it's like, how can I even scale this down to our size? Uh, and then it's also different, you know, budgeting for a church of 50 is different than budgeting for a church of 200 or yep. 500 yep. and you have different needs. And so I, I think it's important for us to have a healthy discussion about this because sometimes a lot of pastors are left in the clear and then they're also left at the mercy of their board. Mm. Uh, and that being um, sometimes the board will want a different agenda that isn't the pastor's uh, agenda or vision for that year. Uh, sometimes they want to fund different ministries or departments that maybe need to have the funding cut back or completely just cut completely. And uh, really, how do you weigh those? Uh, what is important? What's not important? And so forth uh, for the the fiscal year going forward. And so I think it's important to have a budget. I think that everyone should have a budget and you should try to stick to that budget as much as possible. Um, and uh, so let's talk about it. Yeah, so let's start out with what is City Church budget? What does that look like? Yeah, well, let me let me dive into a few years ago. Whenever we started, like I said, we really didn't have a budget developed um, as a team. It was we started with five hundred dollars in the bank. We were scraping uh, pennies uh, off the offering plate, literally pennies, uh, praying for enough money to come in to be able to pay the rent. And sometimes yep. it did. Sometimes it had to come out of our own pocket. And so moving forward. The first year and a half, we we had a monthly budget that we knew the expenses that we needed to hit. Obviously, we had to approve a budget um, for the for the yearly, the annual meeting, annual meeting minutes. Uh, but it was really like a month by month type case. Are we going to bring in three thousand three hundred and sixty dollars to be able to cover the bills for this month, or are we going to be freaking out and crying out to God for Him to rend the heavens and pour out, you know, dollars on us uh, and and a lot of that is because we we did not know how to approach the ministry that we were trying to do and the people we were trying to reach with the limited budget that we actually had. Yeah. And so as the years progressed, obviously uh, things got a lot more fine tuned. Uh, we were able to uh, s single our or you know clarify, I guess, our mission and bring everything down to single focuses, and then say, okay, going into X year, this is the area of ministry that we want to focus on. This is what it's going to take for staffing. This is what it's going to take for 
marketing, et cetera, et cetera. And, and since then, it's kind of just expanded and grown even more. And so the way um, our budgets look now is totally different than it did back in the day, five, six, seven years ago. Yeah. Um, and to be honest with you, there are a lot more line items, but it's a lot more clarified as far as who has money, who doesn't have money, and then where is that money uh, going to. And so that's kind of just an overview of our budget. And I can talk more about the specifics in a few minutes. Yeah, we'll dive more into that. So uh, walk us through a little bit now the process of coming up with the annual budget and maybe how this has changed when it was 50 people versus how it is now versus a board, not a board, that whole process. Yeah, so... Uh, it is it is still a board decision, but with us having our vision clarified, our mission and who we're trying to reach clarified, we go into a budget meeting um, really focused on what is laid before us in the upcoming year. And so we actually stole this from ARC, the Association of Related Churches, of how we would like the ministry budget to look like, and that being the percentage principle. And so we try to stick to 35% or less for building, 35% or less for staffing, 20% towards ministry, and then uh, 10%, our goal is at 10% uh, to missions, church planting, local and foreign, giving, yep. benevolence, et cetera, money yep. that is leaving the church. So that is kind of the grid that we go into it. And and so really, you just have a few umbrellas. you got church staffing, you have building, you have ministry, and then giving. So four, four major Categories. Now, that sounds easy, uh, but it really isn't that easy because then you start having to break it down. Well, what goes into a building category? Does utilities go in there? Does operational expenses? Does rent or mortgage? What about insurance? Uh, what about internet? And these are the conversations that we started having and then you know, trying to divide it up. Okay, this is what goes under the building category. Staffing is a little bit easier. Staffing, benefits, stuff like that. We can talk in, in a little bit more detail about that. But the actual process is uh, we, we usually know ahead of time where we're wanting to go in the upcoming year. A few weeks ago, the Waypoints of Leadership, we talked about where we're headed as a church in 2019, yep. uh, talking about where uh, aiming to launch our third campus. We're having conference 2019, some bigger projects that are going on and kind of the waypoints for us to get there. And so going into a board meeting, uh, we call it a budget meeting, board budget meeting, very uh, sophisticated name. And we sit there and we look at the actual expenses for the, the current year that we're in. And so we look at and we say, uh, week to date, this is what was budgeted. Week to day, this is what was spent in each category and we start breaking it down line by line by line. So I, I had a budget meeting last week to approve our second round of budgets. I'll get to that in a second. Uh, and it lasted about four and a half hours. It's not, oh, wow. yeah. it's not something that just yep. comes quickly because you have to look at what was expent, look at what was spent uh, for the current year. You have to look at your projected growth. You have to look at your projected income that you've been experiencing for a several year trend. Uh, and then you have to make some really calculated, prayerful decisions of, okay, if we're going to increase the budget, how much are we going to increase it by? Um, and so what we found worked for us about two years ago is we made a worst case scenario budget, an ideal budget, and then a dream budget. And we laid that before the church. And uh, for the past two years, we have actually hit our dream budget. And so going into it, we're doing the exact same thing this year. So our worst case scenario budget for 2019 is a one and a half percent increase of the budget for 2018. 
and uh, we haven't come up with our ideal, but our dream budget is a $140,000 increase, which seems like a lot, but it really isn't in relation to the growth and stuff that we've been seeing, a $140,000 increase over the previous year. And then what we do is we just start going line by line and breaking it apart of, mm-hmm. of who, spent, who spent money. So, for instance, community groups spent $50. We killed it. $50 of their budget. And so guess what we did? We cut community groups' budget drastically because for years they had just haven't been spending a lot of money. Our expenses right now, media. Yeah, and so, <laughs> exactly. And, and then, um, uh, but then we also noticed host team and marketing spent more money than we expected, so we had to pump up their budget. And we actually did something a little unique with that, which I'll talk to. Uh, youth, we, we had to tweak their budget. We had to tweak kids' budget a little bit. Uh, staffing was, was pretty much the same. Um, and then building, our building expenses are going up by about 6% or so next year just because of planning for multi-site yep. and stuff like yep. that. And so uh, we'll just talk about worst-case scenario budget. One of the things we did this year that I thought was really cool, and I have no problem sharing our budget with uh, whoever wants to email in and ask for it. I would love to share it with you guys. Podcast at insideoutgroup.org. Boom. Uh, one, one of the things we did this year is we realized that a lot of ministries needed bigger purchases. Uh, so new computers, new soundboards, uh, new lighting, uh, kids' curriculum, whatever it is, stuff that's going to be over your operational expenses. And so we've actually taken the different ministries and we've broken it into two categories. One is an operational budget. So for kids, that would include um, baby wipes and diapers, goldfish, juice, crayons, construction paper, glue, stuff like that. For production, it would be batteries and uh, wiring that's needed. For worship, it would be purchasing loops and buying new drum heads and new drumsticks, stuff like that that you're going to use every month. But then we also realized with the the bigger purchases needed, we actually made a separate budget for uh, strategic purchases needed. And the strategic purchases over $1,000 would need board approval. Um, And obviously, we have to make sure that the money's still there and surplus and stuff. But the way it works is we can hand off the operational budget to a ministry department, and they know I've got $200 to spend this month on goldfish and juice for kids, right? But I want to purchase curriculum. Well, my budget over there is much greater, so I'll just put in a PR for it. And, um, and, you know, the money should be there, and so they should be able to get that. But it's allowing us to be able to plan for each department to make larger, much larger purchases without it coming out of their operational budget. And so it's weird because on paper, it looks like everybody's budget actually got cut, but it really increased if you look at both of the strategic and the operational. How do you plan out um, some of those larger purchases? Like I know, for example... um I have a budget every year for computers at my job, right? Um, I don't get a new computer every year, but I know that a life cycle of machine every three years I'm allowed to buy a computer. Do you guys do anything like that with those larger computer purchases, soundboard equipment, where you know, like, hey, the life of this is five years? So even though I'm setting 500 bucks aside, it's for after five years I have that budget. Yeah, so um, we don't have a reoccurring or like a rollover type thing. So if you don't spend your money, you don't spend your money. It just goes into the slot fund for yeah. the beginning of the year. Yeah, but I mean, I do you guys, you don't have any recurring budget in terms of like, uh, I know I need to buy this in five years, so their budget is kind of bigger now. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, so I think it's one of those things that 
currently we're in the process of actually learning that. And so, for example, my um, the church is not my the church's Mac for video yep. editing crashed what two months ago or yes. something like that. Yep. And that was a fifteen hundred dollar purchase that we didn't have budgeted at all. Like, but we we have to use the computer, and so we had to go out. And we had to go buy a new Mac for video editing. And for all of you PC and all that stuff that like PC, don't hate on me right now. I'm a Mac guy. Nathan is not, but we'll move forward. And yeah, we'll, I'm down the middle. You'll, okay, there we go. Yeah. You're moving back down over. The You're coming yeah. back to the to the bright side, the light side, the yeah. right side. But everything's dark themed still. So, anyways, <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, so I think that uh, for stuff like that, we're learning that computers are going to crash every few years, and so we're trying to plan a buffer in their budget. That way, if an unexpected expense does come up, the money's there. Um, and unfortunately, if we have to pull it from a different department that isn't spending their money, then we'll do that as well. Uh, ideally, we would like everyone to stay under budget. That just doesn't always happen. Worship team is a prime example. This yep. past year, they went about 50% over their budgeted uh, budget for the year, their, their budget for the year. And so we know going into 2019, we cut their operational budget, but we increased drastically their strategic budget because yep. they're going to have wiring that breaks. They're going to have, they have to buy a brand new keyboard. Keyboards are not cheap. Yep. Um, yep. Drum heads uh, are a little bit more expensive, you know? Uh, so stuff like that. So we're trying to be proactive instead of reactionary, where in the past right. we would have been right. completely reactionary. On top of that, we also look at, so we're launching our, by the grace of God, we'll launch our third campus or at least get in the process of launching our third campus by the end of 2019. And so we have a completely separate budget, com- not even a part of our main operating budget for our third campus. And so we'll put money towards that every month. That way, whenever it's time to start purchasing equipment, marketing, et cetera, et cetera, sure. you've yep. got money set aside for it there. And so that's kind of like um, budget 2.0, I guess, or like an addendum to our yeah. actual budget. Yeah, but yeah. if we don't get to it, we're still setting money aside for it to where we, we can you know move forward with it in the future. And then another thing is continuously putting money in savings. Um, yeah. Yep. Trying to put money in savings. And so our process, this is a long answer to your question, sorry. Our process is uh, really start out looking at the current year, uh, week to date, uh, looking at the giving trends, having our first meeting, having our second meeting, having our third meeting, and usually it takes about four to five meetings before we finalize a budget and we actually vote on it as a board. And once it is voted on as a board, basically at that point, um, it's it's been agreed upon. This is where we're going to spend money. And so we don't have to, unless it's a large purchase, go to the board for every little thing. We right. can just make purchases yep. left and right for the church to make sure that as long as we're within the confines of our actual budget. Yeah, no, that's good. Um, so while that's a good process and all during the year, um, are there ever times where you have to make revisions to this budget? And if so, what is what does that look like or what does that process look like? Yeah, and so a prime example is worship team. Worship team this past year, they ended up going over. And so we knew if they were going to go over, we're going to have to cut from another budget. And so one of the groups that we knew we could cut from that they wouldn't use, no offense, was community groups. Oh, so we still didn't use it. So Yeah, yeah. And you still yeah. didn't use it. And so we actually removed some of community groups to be able to cover the expenses for the worship team. On, on paper for our P's and L's, it still says that the worship team is in the red, but we knew that it would balance out because community groups was in the black. For sure. Yeah. And so we make we make revisions there. 
Um, others are, so this upcoming year, and we're trying to plan for it as best that we can, but we know it's not going to be 100% perfect. Um, our Albany location is moving locations. And so we're trying to factor in what is it going to cost. We're trying to overshoot that. But we know that whenever it comes to push, push comes to shove, uh, at that time, we're either going to go way under budget or we're going to go over budget. And right. we know that we're going to have to make revisions. And so usually whenever there's revision, every board meeting, we do a quick review of the finances. Every quarter, it's a little bit more detailed. And whenever we do a review of it, we understand that, okay, we may have to tweak stuff here or tweak stuff there. For another instance, this year we have to purchase a new camera. Um, thanks be to God. You know, I'm excited yeah, about that. Yeah. We have to purchase a new camera. Another expense that wasn't budgeted. It's at the end of the year. We have a little bit of a surplus of money uh, so we can go ahead and purchase it before the start of the, the upcoming year. And, and we're just making a revision with it. And so we're not going out crazy with the revisions, but where there are tweaks that need to be made, maybe if you, even if it's a new hire, uh, yeah. we, we are yep. making tweaks with those uh, because you can you can plan and you can predict, but you never actually know what the year is going to take place. And I guess some of those revisions, so some of them are based, as you said, um, you know, worship team had some influx and stuff, so you were able to take money from somewhere else. The other thing, too, as you said, staff member, maybe you had ridiculous growth at the end of the year, so you actually are reaching that dream budget, and you now have to plan your budget out for a new staff member to handle that cost. But it's not like the money isn't coming in, so it could go both ways. Right, right, and and most definitely. So if the money is uh, – so let's say the money is consistently 20% above – what you're planned and you're at uh, your set your end of your second quarter, beginning of your third quarter, and you've already brought in 20% more, 30% more than your budget. We can safely assume that it's going to continue yeah. that trend. Yeah. And obviously we want to put as much of that in savings as possible, but we will make revisions and increase some budgets or, Hey, um, we're doing well. Everyone here's 500 extra dollars. Go spend it on your volunteers or here's, $500 to put towards a new computer or here's whatever it may be. And so if we have the surplus, we, we don't, we're not in the business of holding it to make a profit. Clearly we're a church. Um, so we do want to uh, be open handed, I guess with it, but also at the same time, if we have a rough couple months, we can go in there and we can say, Hey, yep. we have to freeze the budget for a few months uh, to make sure that we stay on track or that we get back on track with our giving, with our income, so to speak. And so that's yeah. something else. Yep. And, and something else I, I do just want to say real quick yeah, please. about yeah. planning out the budget. Plan to your mission and your vision and any of the extra stuff, cut it. And and I know a lot of churches that fund a lot of ministries that do absolutely no good. They're doing it because they've been doing it for a long time. It is taking resources, dollars, and people's time and their talents and pulling them away from the mission of your church of, or of your organization. And so everything we try to put our money towards, it doesn't happen 100% of the time, but everything that we try to put our money towards is really trying to funnel towards our mission and our vision. And so we have cut things completely because it just wasn't working. Prime example, first Friday, we thought that it would be good. We created a budget for it. We realized after six months it was not doing well. So we cut, completely cut the budget for first Friday, and we do not participate First Friday, which is a community-based yep. event. Yep. You would think it would do well as a church. It just didn't. Um, 
Another area where we've increased our budget is the Sunday before Christmas, so which is coming up. So the Sunday before Christmas, we have increased our budget. We actually have a much larger budget this year than we did last year because giving has been up. People have been giving towards it, but we also planned for it back in January of 2018 for right. something that's happening in December. Yep. And so we're going to have Sunday before Christmas, not have church, not even take up an offering, and we're going to be perfectly fine because uh, it pushes us towards our mission and towards our vision. Yeah, that's great. Um, so many churches or, or nonprofits have to present budgets to the church. Uh, I know you mentioned you present it to the board and it's done with that, but do you present it to like the church members? And if so, what does that kind of look like? Uh, yes, we do. We do present it. So the way that our bylaws are actually written up is we have we have partners in our church, but our partners are non. They're considered non legally. They're considered non voting members, and so the only voting members of our church is actually our board of directors, and our board of directors consists of six people. Um, and and they have to they have to cast a vote. And so once the you know the yeas are in favor, then it's approved and and we move forward. And I don't think there's ever been a time where we've approved a budget and it hasn't been uh, a unanimous vote. It's it's uh, thinking back, I don't think there's ever been a time everyone's been on board with it. And so those are the people who approve it. Once we approve it, we then present it to the church. We'll have a special meeting, business meeting. We'll do a few worship songs, cast a little vision. But we'll, we'll go over the budget. This is what we're looking at spending money on this year. This is where your dollars are going to go to. And then halfway through the year, uh, we also, usually around August, revisit it and say, this is where we are for the year. This is where the money's gone. This is where we've been under budget. This is where we're over budget. And so, for example, one of the areas we were over budget is our missions um, this past year, like given to missions. But we explained, hey, if we're going to be over budget in any area, let's be over budget in giving money for to sure. other yeah. other nonprofits, yep. other missions, et cetera, et cetera. And the church rallied behind it. And we're still able to give more away now than we ever have before. And even percentage-wise. And so I say all that to say, um, we do present it to the church, but it's not a voting matter to the church. It is an, an information and a, an opportunity for us to cast a vi- vision for where we're going the next year. Yeah, no, that's good. Um, so people might be thinking of this, right? When you come up with a budget, especially if you're the lead pastor, come up with a budget. Um, we talked about how 35% is for building and 35% is for staff. Now, 35% might seem like a big number for staff, but it might not be. How does City Church kind of come up with salaries to for the church staff and still be fair in the budget and all that? Yeah, so this is one of those areas I try to remove myself as much as possible from the conversation. So our bylaws um, have a very particular, and obviously with your church or your organization, you got to look at your bylaws, your constitution and bylaws, you have to do it according to there. So some churches are a committee makes it, some churches are, it's dictated 100% by the board. Ours is uh, a recommendation from uh, a committee that is then presented to the board. So usually with those types of conversations, I try to omit myself as much as possible from it, especially whenever it's dealing with my salary. So my salary is not set by me. It is set by other people. Now, with that said, we take a few things in factor. Um, One of the things we look at is the cost of living. What does it cost to live in Albany, New York? And I can tell you the average pastor in Beaumont, Texas, makes $37,000 a year. Now, that's including health benefits and housing allowance and all that stuff. The average pastor in Albany, New York, makes $102,000 a year. That's including... um, Housing allowance, health benefits, et cetera, et cetera, cell phone allowance, all that stuff. It's bad up here, guys. So, so Send money. It costs, <laughs> it costs a lot of money. 
Now, let me make that very clear. I do not make a hundred and two thousand a year. I right. make nowhere yeah. near that. Yeah. Um, because we have we have been blessed and and we don't have a lot of bills and that's irrelevant to what you guys are listening to. So we look at we look at the area. There's a lot of good resources. The Vanderbloom and Vanderbloom and Company has got resources uh, for how to come up with salaries for your staff members and stuff. So we look at uh, we look at experience. We look at education. Uh, we look at how big is their family, uh, the cost of living, and then the value that they're adding to the church. So obviously, a pastor will make um, more money than a secretary, right? Um, or is it going to be more of like a salary type position or is it going to be an hourly type position? So those are kind of the things that we, we factor in. I am just being hundred percent transparent with you guys. I'm the only full-time person on our staff right now, but we do have multiple part-time people and we, our goal is to get all of our part-time people up to full-time pay. And so that is our goal before we start bringing on more staff members. And so it's one of the things. And so we try to, every year, give a moderate increase to our part-timers to get them up to the, uh, the, the point that we would like them to be, a you know, livable wage to where this could be their full-time job, right? Uh, me, on my end, I don't I <laughs> literally go through this every year. I don't need a raise. I don't need a raise. I'm not trying to, like, toot my own horn. I always, right, get, yeah. I always get a raise. Uh, because the board is very diligent about, no, you have to have a raise, it's honor and all this other stuff. But um, that being said, my raise might be 1% or 2%, and I'm okay with that, where someone else's raise might be 30%. And that seems like a lot percentage-wise, but it really isn't compared to the cost right, of living and everything yeah, else. Yeah, yep. And so those are, those are kind of some of the things. But we do try to stay under that 35% cap, Um you know, one year I think we were at 37, and this past year I think we were at like 31, 32. And so it does fluctuate some. If we're up a little, um, hopefully it'll balance out. And and then the other thing, I would just throw this out there. You have to factor in insurance, workman's comp, unemployment insurance, Social Security, Medicaid, all that stuff. you got to factor that stuff in. And so that we lump into the staffing package or the staffing 35%. Um, for it. And then with the new FMLA, I think I'm getting that right. The new FMLA law in New York, our workman's comp insurance increased by like 400%. And so, um, it's one of those things you just got to constantly be looking at and stuff. So, yeah, no, that's good. So last question here. Um, what have you noticed, uh, or, you know, what have you noticed the trend over the past few years as a church, with giving and doing a budget? Have you noticed anything that's been the same, anything that you've seen growth? What have you kind of correlation between the two? Yeah, so one of the things I would say is the same is as you get into a building and you've got to set rent and stuff, your building expenses should not change drastically unless you're opening up or expanding to new locations or an expansion on the building or something like that. It should not change. So um, I know one pastor who was paying $500 a week for a portable space, and uh, his income was 300000 that year. And so he's way below uh, what we would consider the 35% threshold, right? And so uh, I, that's one of those fixed things that will, won't change unless there's expansion or moving or something like that. And so that's one thing that I've noticed. It's been a lot easier to plan a building budget with that. Uh, the other stuff I've noticed is uh, kids, for the most part, unless it's big expenditures, is pretty staple. Um, kind of the ministries are pretty staple as far as what they're wanting to spend money towards. And so I've seen a consistency, I guess, with the operational budget. Where I've not seen a consistency is with expansion 
outreach and missions. And that has been areas that we have been ramping up or giving more money towards or um, I did just say marketing, right? Yeah, marketing. Like we understand we have to market more in order to get more people into the church. We have to encourage our people to invite people. How do we do that? We market and we give them tools to be able to hand to their friends to be able to encourage them to come to church and stuff. And so uh, that's what we've seen. So we've seen, um, to be honest with you, man, we've seen some pretty significant increases as far as giving has come percentage-wise over the past couple years. But that's also been to the growth that we've experienced. And it's one of those things, I know it's not always going to be like that. I, I wish it was. Uh, but we're also trying to be conservative uh, with our budgets, but also liberal with our ideal budgets and stuff. Yeah, just as a clarifying thing, when you say the growth in giving percentage-wise, do you mean like the per capita change or just the amount of growth per people? I'm, I'm curious yeah, for myself so what you Yeah, so actually mean. our per capita is probably a little less right now than it was a year ago. Uh, but we've seen an influx of gotcha. people come in. Right, of course, which hopefully with that you'll always which, see growth. Yeah, yeah which, yep. which which is what happens. Um, you you see that. And I will also say usually you will, you will see your church grow first before the finances catch up to it. Which hopefully makes sense because new Christians and that's how it works. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. And so we have a lot of people who uh, give less than $100 a month, but we have a lot of people who are giving now that were giving um, a year ago or are newer to the church. And so that's our, our giving per capita has actually dropped. And the way we do our per capita is we take out students and kids and we take the average offering and we divide it by the average attendance in the church. And right now, uh, I want to say a year ago, we were sitting at like $34 per capita and we're probably at like 26 right now, 25, 26. But because the attendance has increased, it's still also increasing. Now, two years ago, we saw a 92% increase in our giving uh, from one year over the next year, um, which, which drastically changed things for the church. And that just came to some honest, hard conversations. If we're going to do this, this is what it looks like. This past year, uh, between 2017 and 2018, we probably saw about a 35% increase in giving. Um, and then, again, so people know conservatively, we're planning a 1% increase with our worst case scenario budget and about a 30% increase with yep. our um, best case scenario yeah. budget. So yeah, we're yeah. trying to be conservative with planning for the future. Um, so, yeah. So those are some of the trends that we've seen. Yeah, no, that's good. Any final thoughts as we wrap up uh, giving here? Yeah. So this is something I'll just say is I used to be against teaching and preaching on giving. Um, I was like, oh, let's just hit on it for a second in the offering and, um, and that's it, you know? And, the more I realize if we don't teach people about the importance of giving, we are actually robbing them from God's blessing. Yep. And so we we have a staple where we teach either stewardship or giving or generosity three to four times a year. And then we have now built into our yearly calendar, calendar a month of we're going to teach about vision and where we're going and we're going to give an end of the year offering. And uh, we actually just did that and had our largest uh, Sunday offering to date ever in the history of the church come in. Um, and it was awesome to see so many people rally behind that and so many people on board for the first time as givers. Uh, so I, I, if you're a pastor out there and you don't want to talk about money, I know it's hard to start talking about money, but I want to encourage you to talk about money because it is a part of discipleship. Jesus talked about it. And if we're supposed to preach, as pastors say, the full gospel, right, Talk about money, not just the gifts yeah. or not just yep. other things. Talk about money because it is, man, I'm, I'm convinced. And let me just share this testimony. Yeah, please, a guy yeah. in our church, family in our church. There's a guy in our church who um, 
a few years ago, really struggled with giving and tithing and, and stuff. And literally he lost almost everything in his life. And the one thing that he learned was he had to start tithing his 10% off of his growths. And whenever he started doing that within a year, he received a bonus that got uh, that was to the dollar amount everything that he gave for the year, plus his family that he was literally on the verge of losing was completely restored, and now he works two or three days a week and hangs out with his kids and grandkids for four days a week. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And and so that's just the power of, of tithing. He will tell you he attests everything to being saved to trusting God in his finances. And so that's something um, I would encourage people, like share testimonies, challenge people, uh, it's not about the money, but you do need money to be able to fund the work of, of Jesus. Yeah. So. No, that's great. Uh, we want to thank everyone for listening. This is actually our last normal episode of the year. It is, but S- next week, bum, bum, bum. <laughs> Dramatic music. We'll do something fun. We'll have it a little longer than half an hour. Um, but we want to kick the year off right. So if you guys are in the middle of playing your budget, you kind of know what, what to think about. If you have any questions or want to see our guidelines for a budget at City Church or what our budget ended up look like, as we said, you can email us podcast at insideoutgroup.org. And we'd be happy to share more about the process, show maybe some of the forms we use, what our budget looks like, all that stuff. If you want to hear more from Michael Moore, you can find him anywhere at social media at Mike Moore ALB, or you can find him more at therealmikemore.com. We thank you all for listening and be sure to catch us next week.